0: Bio-Friendly Podcast. It's
1: a Bio-Friendly Podcast. Still smoke in the sky, Jacob. There is. There's a lot of smoke in the sky. Why is there so much smoke in the sky? I don't know. I do. Uh, Why? Freedom.
0: Oh, freedom (laughs) makes
1: the smoke come into the sky. Because if you have a holiday like the 4th of July and they say, Hey, no big professional fireworks shows. Can't do them. You got to stay home. then what happens? People go out and they light fireworks (laughs) in the sky. All over the city. Do you know
0: what else people do with freedom? What? They make crazy environmental green inventions that you never would expect could ever possibly exist.
1: That is the best... Transition I've ever heard on this show It's perfect, yeah. it's fantastic And I'm glad you brought it up because yeah. we do have a special guest on the show today Really? On the BioFriendly Podcast Well, who could that be, Jacob? <laughs> Why we have, joining us, and I'm very excited to welcome to the show Robert Luo, am I saying the last name correctly? Yes, okay. sir, you are right Robert Luo from Metero, which is a Los Angeles-based company So one of our, our next-door neighbors, pretty much So yeah. this is this is great so you're, one so
0: you're noticing the smoke in the sky, too, then yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, I see smoke in the sky. <laughs> yeah, <I> smoke everywhere. It's <laughs> one of our neighbors, which means that once this is all over, we can go hang out. That's that's what I'm excited nice. about. Is Making simply, friends every we day. You make new friends, so I I want to give you the opportunity to explain to our audience a well, little bit. Well, but
0: first I gotta what? I gotta I gotta know did, how how was your Fourth of July? Yeah,
2: that's a good question. How you, was your Fourth of you, July? Did you have a good weekend? I try to do social distancing, yes. okay. so I, I basically just stay home for then most of the time. Oh, that's very Went responsive. to the gym for a quick workout and then came home.
0: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's good. That's good. But now did you, like we did, we, we, uh, I mean, I'm, in my house, it was the fireworks started for some reason in daytime, like, the, like they began, I, I was hearing explosions at, you know,
1: two o'clock in the afternoon, yeah, two one o'clock in, the in the afternoon. afternoon yeah. And then
0: they didn't stop. Like it kept, I've never had anything like that in this, in this city where it just, it was like, they just kept going. Did you find that down where, where you're living?
2: not in my city cuz firework is banned in my city Yeah, okay. but i can hear near nearby city that are yeah. doing firework yeah yeah it yeah, was wild it was wild because I thought they were kind
0: of banned yeah. everywhere but yeah. I guess I guess people were just like we're gonna we're gonna light them yeah, light them up
2: because <laughs> we're up
1: in we're up in pa- the Pasadena kind of area of the valley and normally you, you we have the big Rose Bowl uh firework shows but that was that was canceled of course yeah. and all high schools and whatnot were canceled but when you would look out over the city you could see just in every direction just <laughs> all over the place it, it was, was insane yeah. yeah but we also to what you said we are also social distancing even though you can see us Here in the same space, we have, uh, during this entire quarantine, been staying home, and we only come in a couple times a week with masks on our faces, hand sanitizer, hand washing, so uh, we really just come in so that we can experience guests on the BioFriendly podcast. That's yeah. really the only reason yeah. we come in. Change so, it up. Yeah, change yeah. it up.
0: Okay, now we can now talk about Now we can get so to MiTaro and to see what it, they're
1: doing. Yeah. So I don't want to try to do a poor job of uh, describing it, it, what your company is. I want you to do it uh, and and uh, do it justice. So would you explain a little bit about what
2: MiTaro is? Absolutely. MiTaro is a biotech company that re-engineers food waste into biodegradable and sustainable fiber that can be used to replace plastic in fashion, medical, and packaging industries. That's amazing! Wow, plastic, plastic. Okay. Yes, and then and then Plas- also uh, the, in, in the okay. in the fashion, medical, and packaging industries. In yeah. fact, I can show you something. We have two different technologies that we're working on, okay. and this is the second one that we recently created. It's a it's a packaging film okay. made from whey protein. Wow. You it know was whey protein. <sighs> like, If you guys go to gym, work out, you you probably consume whey protein a lot. Sure. And this is made from it. And it's also the byproduct of yogurt and cheese production. That's incredible.
1: And it looks like for the people who are watching the show, if you go to YouTube or our Facebook group and you can see the visual, you got to check it out if you never have before because what he's holding in his hands looks like... Good old-fashioned saran wrap. Saran wrap. I mean, it looks like what you would have for a Ziploc bag or saran wrap, and that is amazing. It is made from whey.
2: Yes. That's incredible.
1: That's incredible. I got to tell you, when I told I had a few friends that I told over the weekend, I said, um, yeah, our guest next week, they're making clothing out of food waste and everybody's face, their jaw kind of hits the floor because they just they've never heard of anything like this. They've never heard of how you could even make this possible. So so before we get into that whole story, what was you just brought up the first product, but what's the other
2: product? Yeah, another product we have is turning casein protein from spoiled and expired milk into fiber. And this is the fiber that we have created. Wow. And this fiber can be knitted into the t-shirt, like the one I'm wearing right now. Face mask, uh, best sheets. So this text, different textile applications.
0: Wow, yeah, it looks it looks like just it looks a like ball cotton. of cotton. Yeah, it yeah. looks like a
1: ball of cotton. And you're wearing a shirt yeah. made from this uh, milk waste, mm-hmm. essentially.
0: Yes. So... Okay! Wow! I so, know!
1: I know! It blows my mind. S- I want a T shirt first of all. So how do I get me one of those? Because I wanna, I wanna rock that and brag about that I'm wearing a milk waist uh, T shirt. So is there on a store?
2: A website. Okay. It's called Mitero.com. We actually give you a 35% discount for the entire July because oh. it's National Ice Cream Month.
0: Oh, oh! Well, it's National so, Ice Cream Month. So the ice cream you're not eating can be turned into a T-shirt. I love it. It's yeah. perfect. I love there, it.
1: There, there you go. But you wow. were about to ask something. Go yeah.
0: Ahead. No. Okay. So without um, without giving away any uh, proprietary information, uh, what are what is the the layman's explanation for how you are turning milk waste into cotton? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, first of all, we have to obtain the milk waste. Yeah. Then we extract the casein protein from these, these expired, spoiled, or sour milk. Okay. And we have to remove the bacteria and other unwanted substances from casein protein. Okay. Then we spin it into fiber, like the one you see right here. Wow, so that's just protein? That is protein and a blend of viscose, which is made from pulp. Okay.
0: Wow. Ah, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then okay so then like all right so how long will it last as a shirt I mean you say it's biodegradable so like well, you've got the shirt on your on your back there like what's you know the like typical kind of is this last, is lost will would last long as it an, another shirt that was made from polyester or cotton or something like that or, or is it uh... oh
2: absolutely yeah so this shirt I've been wearing for about a year now and it still feels very very awesome that's In great. fact a lot of our customers purchase our t-shirt and wear it as your PJ to go to sleep because that's cause soft it, It's it's soft, because it's soft, and it's breathable when you sleep at night, especially during this hot summer. Yeah. It's perfect. That's incredible. How did you come up with this?
1: Yeah, that's I want to know the story. (sighs) I want to know the origin story of how Robert one day said, hey, spoiled milk, T-shirt. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, it actually happened when I visited my uncle's dairy farm in China back in 2018. Okay. Okay. And I saw it in his farm. He has buckets and buckets of spoiled milk. And not only does it smell bad, but those with his money that he could have generated, and he was really frustrated. Right. So he asked me to help him find a solution to dispose these spoiled milk more cost efficiently. Okay. Wow.
0: And, and, that's and then, and okay. then that, that's where it I was. I have an idea, Uncle. I'll make
2: T-shirts. That's <laughs> <laughs> incredible.
0: Wow, that's awesome. So, so uh, did the business start in China or did it start here? Or Where did you start the business?
2: This uh, I started the business here. Yeah. So our headquarters is based in Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah.
0: Cool, and then are you are you uh, have you? I guess I'm asking because I want to know: Were you able to help your uncle's problem? Are you are you? Do you have an operation in China to help get to uh, get his spoiled milk fixed, or uh, yeah? Or, or see just in the fact-, fact, the it's-
2: shirt I'm wearing, the shirt that you see on our website, yeah, all came from his farm. Oh wow! That's all amazing. the spoiled milk, yeah, from his farm. Oh yeah. wow,
0: that's that's. I mean, that's that's just right. Okay, so it's spoiled milk. So you remove the bacteria. So I can then safely assume then that the shirt is not going to smell. Yeah. Weird.
1: Yeah. But- <laughs> Nope. No smell at all. No smell at all. Wow. That's fascinating. So now the question is, you've, you've been able to do it, um, it to make a T-shirt. You've been able to make clothing. So obviously, this technology is going to open up the door for a lot of the other things. And like you showed us with the whey-based um, plastic sheet that you had, there, there clearly is a, a lot that can be created from this kind of technology. What, what are some of the visions that you see that you guys would like to get into?
2: Mm -hmm. We believe that we want to make sure that our technology not only applies to dairy products, but any type of protein-based food waste. It can be dairy, it also can be plant-based products. For example, we have started looking at um, plant-based milk, such as soy milk and almond milk. So it's the protein inside that we think is valuable. So the technology can essentially and potentially extract and purify any type of protein from any type of food waste that we have. And at the end, we don't. We want to go beyond making food into food. We want to make sure that that provides more value that can potentially replace petroleum-based materials such as acrylic, such as plastic. Sure. That we're having a huge problem in the world. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. That's that's exciting. It it is. It's cool to. It is cool to think about because it's it's you know turning, turning food waste into you know into a robot that that can you know like a, a medical robot to, right to to fix a heart yeah it sounds like a pretty pretty useful kind of
1: it totally thing, does you know
0: to replace uh to replace car parts to replace i mean you think about i mean that's like plastic is in everything i mean yeah. you know it's like it's everywhere right and plastic is that's petroleum yeah so it's that's that's exciting it's it that's 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 interesting so how far along are you guys when you started you said in 2018
2: yeah, we started in 2018 and we started selling our own milkshirt in June of 2019. Wow. And uh, we for the next eight months, we sold to 40 countries around the world on our own website. Yeah. And then we decided to make a pivot from B2C to B2B to okay. become supplier of our fiber to other fashion or textile companies. So yeah. they themselves can make a transition to become more sustainable as their customers are demanding such solutions.
0: So any kind of customers we know that you're, you're working with to, to start to do that?
2: Yes, but I can't specifically say their name. Okay. But just just imagine or just think of a company that has a very um that looks like a check sign. Oh okay. and that has purchased our fiber and milkshirt to do more testing. Sweet. Ah. That's wow, great. So you're
1: growing fast. I would say that's landing a pretty big client. Uh that's a check. Box right there uh, for a good <laughs> checkbox. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Right. Right, nice. right. Check that off the list. Yeah, off the list. Hey, the, Hey everybody. Joke, joke of the day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was going to say, um, uh, the, the thing that I thought was really interesting. I was, cause I was reading a little bit up on you guys, um, and a little bit of your story and we have a similar position actually that I thought was really cool, which is your goal. Your message is okay. I'm taking this milk waste, but you're not saying, Hey, we need to increase, Milk production—that's not the goal here. You're you're taking care of an existing problem, which is we have waste, and we've we've done podcasts on food waste and how big of a problem it is. And we also at Biofriendly uh, and the Biofriendly podcast, we're also in that we have. Cars on the road that are driving fuel-driven cars. We want to get to electric, but there are billions of of uh, you know cars on the road that have fuel, and so we have an additive that helps reduce the emissions. So that's what I thought was interesting is that you also are saying, okay, we have this waste problem. I'm not saying let's keep making more and more dairy farms and increase our milk production. Let's let's use the issue that is in front of us, that it is right here, and let's find a way to reduce it. And so I thought that was, a, that was how Mitero and BioFriendly are very, very much after the same thing. We're kind of pals.
2: We're kind of pals. You. Uh, yes, <laughs> you're absolutely right, you're absolutely right. I mean, milk waste, we're not, we're not advocating for people to drink more milk. We're actually helping them to understand there's so much milk waste. In fact, from our research, before COVID-19, 128 million tons of milk are being wasted every year globally. And just imagine 37 million cars driving on the road. That's amount of CO2 emission that will be created from all these food waste or milk waste. Right, it's a, it's right. a huge problem. And we wanted to bring this topic to people's eyes that people don't normally associate. When we think about climate change, we, only, we normally think about driving electric uh, vehicles or the fossil fuel industries right. and the fashion industries. What happened to the food waste right. industry? Right. One third of the food around the world goes to waste every year. Yeah, there should be a better solution that we can allocate and bring these ways to life and give it a new purpose. Well, it's such a
0: good point. I mean, the the, the climate change is a buzzword, and and uh, and and it's you know and and you know fossil fuels, right? Old oil, old, you know these there, there's there's some some hot hot button items that are that are pretty easy to hit and they get a lot of attention and people flock to them quickly and people understand it pretty easily and they they they're they're. Basically, like, this is something, okay, we're, we're going to fight for this. This is a thing. This is a thing. But there's the volume of, of issues that exist that are completely beyond anything to do with, with burning fuels are, I mean, they're, they're, they're countless. They are yeah. countless. The amount yeah. of environmental problems, like, like, right now, we're, we're in this, this pandemic, right? And, uh, and people are talking about how great it is that, that we've, like, there's, there's 30% less emissions, apparently, that are, that are in the air from, from fuel. Well, okay, that's 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 a thing, right? But our plastic use has gone through Up. through the roof, right? Yeah, like there yeah. there's, there's mm-hmm. there are other aspects to environmentalism that that or to to caring about this planet that just aren't getting the attention. And yes. it's neat to have you know companies like yourself looking at other other areas, other other places where there are problems and then finding solutions for it. I mean that's that's exactly what we need. It's exactly what we're looking for here on this on this little. Little ball of rock that we live on, rock yeah. and life.
1: <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. right. I. I, I was going to ask you, we've. So on this show, we've been on, you know, since basically spring of last year, and we've covered a bunch of topics. And I think that that's the most interesting thing about when it comes to saving the planet and trying to find things is like Noel mentioned, there's a lot of buzzwords and things that people fixate on. And food waste is one that I don't think gets enough attention. And you guys are bringing to light as well. And another thing that you touched on was the fashion industry, Mm -hmm. because we early on did a show on fast fashion and how Mm -hmm. unsustainable some of these giant corporations are that just churn out clothes left and right. I wanted to know a little bit about some of the challenges or things that you've been able to overcome. You've developed this new technology, and now if you're making clothes, you've got to fight the same challenges, which is water use, you know, and 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 how you're getting your materials and all that stuff. Could you touch a little bit on that?
2: Absolutely. You're definitely right on the huge pollution happening in the fashion industries. And these giants, a lot of times they say hey we want to become more sustainable by 2025 or by 2030 but that is still a long time for them to reach and they might even have a new slogan the next the next year right right that you probably won't even remember right so for them the most important thing is the cost how can i get the material at the lowest cost possible and that's why they're still using plastic polyester um, conventional cottons which is an environmental disaster yeah so What we are targeting is to cut down our costs compared to other sustainable materials because we understand that currently sustainable materials are really expensive, at least two to three times the cost of normal conventional materials. Sure. And what we are doing right now with the second version of our fiber is to cut down the cost by 50%. So that will make us cheaper than organic cotton and model in the current industry. And which means it will be much cheaper than um, wool, um, soak these type of protein based materials as well wow. to make it very very intriguing and interesting incentive for these bigger giants to take our fiber and create it into their product line.
0: That is a that is an interesting and important point. I mean, companies I, look the world doesn't change without it being without without there being a, a cost reason or or a value reason to do it. Right? We're not going electric because suddenly electric was was you know was actually better for the environment or I mean that's we're going electric because the cars are cool, right? Like that's that's <laughs> that's that's the bottom yeah. line, right? You know that's and that's what and, and by making the cars cool, then you can make a more cost effective version because some people are buying them and you keep making it more and more cost effective until eventually it's pretty cost effective. And we've seen this in a lot of industries where where green green companies are realizing they've gotta they've gotta make it they've just gotta make it so that it's the better choice for finance. <laughs> because that's how you win. I mean in the end that's that's how you make change is is you you create something that's just the better option. Period. And uh, right. It's and that's it's sensible. It's it's good that you're going that way. It's exciting to see that. So, what what? Um, all right. So so what got you into the environment? Like being being into the environment, caring about like what what's going on with that? Is there a specific moment in your life where you where you were kind of realized that this was something that you cared about and, and a place where you wanted to put your obviously gigantic mind.
2: Mm-hmm. It's really from my family. Okay. It's the people that I was surrounded with, my mom, my uh, my grandma. Yeah. They're both very environmental conscious. And I, I remember since I was a little kid, I want to become an environmental scientist. Oh, wow. I want to do something for the environment. Unfortunately, that was not my path right now. Um, in, in high school, I started a social impact nonprofit organization called Ripple Foundation, right. in which we built water wells in rural China to provide clean water resources to the villagers that could have walked... 10 miles or 20 miles just to fetch water and come back and that would take hours to do so we built seven wells in that village and that supported around 200 villagers at the time it was a little accomplishment but it was a very big enlightening moment in my life to start a journey that might have that might um, give a bigger impact for the communities that I'm surrounded with That's amazing. That's great. I love
1: to hear that. And I'm really glad you came on our show because, um, you know, when we we connected, this is the kind of thing that the BioFriendly podcast is all about inspiring people. And I think that you've got a pretty inspiring story because you're a young guy. You were in China. You saw this problem. And you found a solution not only that would get rid of something, but that would bring something new into the world that would be helpful. And I think we always hope that our listeners hear that and that we have a lot of young listeners. We do. Our show, kids seem to really enjoy our show a lot. And so I hope that there's a another young Robert sitting at home right now who is presented with a problem um, and sees, uh, the way you did. And I, I really, really, it inspires me, uh, to see that this is still happening. And I think we're moving into a new era where the younger generation is all looking for ways that we can, that we can, uh, provide
2: change. That That is true. Very, very true. Yeah.
0: It's a, it's also, uh, it's also cool because in the story that you just told about how you kind of got into environmentalism and what, what you were doing initially, like digging, digging a well and how that helped, 200 people, and you thought, well, can I? What can I do more? How can I do more? And the, and the thing that's that's interesting, and it's and it's a, a point that I think we will certainly start making more. Um, but for individuals who who care, you can make a pretty huge difference around the people who are near you. You can you can directly impact the people who are, who are near you in, in ways that you might feel are you know are kind of small. It's like, oh well, you know, it was only 200 people. You said it was only 200 people that I helped with. Well that's, that's 200 people who now have water regularly accessible to, that's, okay, for those 200 people, that's a big deal. (laughs) And that's, you know, you're one person helping 200 others. And I think that's, that's something that, that, you know, with with a lot of the social justice movements that are going on now, uh, a lot of, of the interest that is going in, in, in creating a sustainable environment and culture that, that I think needs to be passed on is that you can't, Ever feel like what you're doing is too small? Like even even if you want to do something bigger, and I'm glad by the way it inspired you to do more. It's great. Yeah. But those little things matter. Like that that helps, right? You having having a, a, a conversation with with somebody that you know one on one about about the environment or about social justice or about you know and and helping to enlighten someone on a, a point makes that person then an ally. It makes that person somebody who can continue to help. And it's these little things that make a difference. And that's that's something that, you know, the, your story kind of pointed back to that. That's it's just, it's another reminder that, that these little things help and to not ever feel discouraged if you feel like, well, I only I only helped 200 people with a well. Well, that's that's Still terrific. a big deal. <laughs> yeah,
1: still a huge deal. Yeah,
0: and yeah. yeah, now you're doing more and that's great. And we're, we're excited to see you do, do more and, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that, but
1: yeah. That's cool. All right, and here's my here's my where I'm going to take a turn and we've been very heartfelt now. Now I'm going to go completely silly. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go completely silly cuz that's what we embrace here on the show. I like to imagine and maybe I've been in Hollywood too long. I like to imagine that when you're creating a shirt out of milk waste, there's going to be failed attempts. Like in my mind, there's a montage as to where before you finally found the exact, you know, that mixture and this and this that you lifted up a shirt and it just collapsed or you made, (laughs) you made the first shirt and somebody put it on and it just became, as soon as the sweat glands hit it, it just turned into milk. I mean, did you have any humorous stories of the, the process, learning the process, the invention, the science that, that happened to
2: you? I mean, there, I have so many stories to tell about that. Bring them. So, <laughs> so many challenges along the way, just like normally people don't associate milkways to something that they can use or wear. It's just a crazy idea. Right. When I told my dad about it, when I told my mom about it, they thought I was crazy. They said, don't <laughs> even do it, what, what's wrong with you? I was actually testing it first in my house, in my oh. own kitchen. And trying to figure out how we can extract the, the casein protein in it, which is valuable. And the whole room smells like crap. <laughs> Spoiled milk smells really, really <laughs> horrible. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. And we have to basically leave every door, every window open to get the smell, out, smell outside. So that, that was my, my parents' first impression of me running this business. Not, not, a, not a great idea. And then I brought on my childhood friend, Daniel, who I know has material science and chemistry background. Then we started to do more experiments in his own little lab he has. So that's when the trigger points comes because Daniel was providing the knowledge about how we can use the amino acids instead of milk or other type of protein to make it more viable and blend it with this type of material to create into fiber. So that's when everything was picking up. But before then, it was just me doing the work, my own <laughs> testing kitchen and trying to figure it out. And that was not the best way, obviously. Yeah. I'm imagining and I have hundreds to fly of to China many, many times <laughs> to visit our manufacturer, our partners, to negotiate how you can help us because we don't have all these equipments that we needed in the beginning. So we have to kind of beg them in a way to use their equipment to, to test it out. So there are a lot of hardship. There are a lot of interpersonal communication that was involved and the culture in China is very different compared to to the US okay. or the western hemisphere yeah so there was a, the first time you go they won't say yes it's numerous continuous conversation and interpersonal connection okay. that will build the trust between two parties okay
1: that's that's hilarious. That's amazing. Yeah. You're you're going to say, what did you picture? Oh,
0: no, I just pictured just in your in your your parents' house in their in their kitchen, just hundreds of fans blowing, you know, trying to blow. <laughs> the like smell like fans out blowing the, the
1: smell out you know, the windows. And
0: they're just like, panicking, trying to get this thing to work. <laughs> like, ah, worried about The smell and everything. It's very funny. It's a it's a, it's a good scene. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I think what's cool is I'm glad you shared some of those stories with us, because, again, it wasn't like it happened overnight. You know, you you had this thing happen to you in twenty eighteen and it took some trial and error and it took leaning on your childhood friend Daniel's knowledge as well. And that's another thing about innovation is that we we need help. We need partners and we need people who can believe in us. And it's going to be a messy road, a smelly road uh, sometimes to find the, the thing that the world needs or how to get there. But that's a perfect example of, uh, you know, you had this vision, had this thought, but it took trial and error. It took some figuring out. And even like, um, you know, you told your parents and they thought it was a crazy idea. It's just like anytime I say, say to somebody, yeah, we have a guest from Mintero. They make, you know, clothing out of food waste. Everybody's initial reaction to that is what? What? How is that even possible? Yeah. And so that's how you know when you believe in something that you're you're on to something. When you when you when you're kind of pushing the envelope and everybody you talk to thinks mm-hmm. that you're out of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say that's a good place to be.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Out of your mind uh, is the only place to that's be. be. That's the only that's, place that's, to be. That's, that's, you know, the, the sanity's overrated. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's. I mean, that's 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 awesome. So with with the uh, in in the process of taking the casein, casein protein out of the milk, what what waste is left? Like how much milk is, is still, is unusable? How much of, of, of what's left is, is, is wasted? Like how much are we saving here?
2: Mm-hmm. So, I mean, milk itself has fat, has liquid. Most of them are liquid. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, uh, lactose. And then that leaves casein and whey. Yeah. So there's only a very small portion of casein uh, inside of milk. I would say the stats is about 2.4% okay. is casein out of... The entire milk and then the rest like um one point something is whey okay. so in order for us to to extract the casein obviously there will be more milk that needs me needed yeah and these uh, wastewater can essentially be reused in the supply chain but they don't have to go down the drain or anything like that wow so that's also something where we want to recycle or re- use these wastewater in the supply chain in yeah. the dining process in the manufacturing process that's also what we're looking at. Yeah. And with the shirt that we have created, yeah. we estimated that every shirt saves five glasses to six glasses of milk being going to waste. Okay. Wow.
0: Oh, cool. And then, and then how much weight can, can... Sorry, how much weight do you say you can get out of the,
2: out of the process? So whey is about uh, 20% out of the entire um, protein inside of milk. Okay. And so they're about 3% protein in entire milk. Okay. So 20% was like 0.6
0: ish. Okay. And then that's been, you're working to turn that so then into d- plastics or into, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's, a bit, that's neat. That's great. It's uh, great I to w- see that's happening. Maybe I that's love it.
1: Yeah. What, what do you, what do you think are the next steps for you over the next you know year here in Los Angeles and, and kind of getting the word out? I mean, obviously you're on our show now, so everybody's going to know about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well oh, absolutely. And we, we want to make sure that our technology can be developed in time and to supply to our customers who are already on the waiting list. So, our plan to for this fiber is to start supplying in 2021. Yeah. And we want to move our supply chain from China to the US because right. there's a huge amount of milk waste in the consumption. Oh, sure. In the, in the States, especially in the Midwest. Yeah. And we're already, we already uh, partnering with Dairy Farmers in America and they're the biggest raw milk supplier in the world. Right. And we're looking to see where does most of the milk waste occur and how can we better utilize that most cost efficiently doing so. So yeah, that that's where we hope that next year will help us to consolidate our upstream resource.
0: Well, yeah, that's going to be huge because then you're you're also removing transportation costs, which is, you know, yeah. which is, you know, it's it's obviously a cost for you as a business, but also it's that's a that's a that's an environmental cost, right? I mean aviation uh, Aviation industry is pretty pretty terrible for this guy, so it's it's good to like or even ships. They you do know, if you pull them over that way. I mean, it's 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 good to good to see the the transfer to have that over here. Are you are you selling uh, any shirts and things also in China? Are you able to do anything locally out there to keep to make use of the of the you know of the milk waste locally?
2: Yeah, we actually partner with a company in China who is supplying us with their milk waste, and it's based in Shanghai.
0: Yeah. And then, and then they sell also to people in China. Like, is it, is it like, are you, are you, I guess what I'm asking is you have, you have sales also in, in that, that end of the world.
2: Yeah. We actually launched our milk shirt in China just last month. Okay. And that was, was our first exposure and we were featured on century television, which broadcasts 1 billion viewers worldwide. Wow. So that really, yeah. That would really help us gain the momentum yeah. and exposure in China. And we, we're also selling in Japan. Yeah. We had that's a great. Japanese distributor who launched our milkshirt on their crowdfunding platform and they were fully funded within the first couple hours. Now we have Japanese textile yarn factories reaching out to us wanting to buy our fiber wow. before it's even ready for the market.
0: Wow. That's that terrific. Is, that so is fantastic. Wow. And you and you said the, the, the waiting list is up to twenty twenty one. Is that what you're thinking at the at the moment? Like twenty twenty one, yes. Jeez. So you've got plenty of orders.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we we have a, we have plenty of waters in the pipeline. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's
0: terrific. And yeah, you, congratulations! Yeah, that's con- really great.
1: Congratulations! And seen by one billion. That's just a little bit more than our audience. Just a, a smidge. Yeah, couple think, couple couple more. couple. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. like you we'll know. We'll get there, Jacob. Yeah. Don't
0: give up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not giving up. I what promise. did I just say about small uh, differences? Yeah, right, making right.
0: difference for a couple people. You're right.
1: We're at the well phase. <laughs> we're at the well phase. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this podcast is is helping people with the well, and we're on our one way. One day we'll be at milk. One day we'll be at (laughs) milk. No, um, that's a good uh, slogan. One one day we'll be be at milk. Yeah. Maybe we should add that on the show. We we, we do these tags at the end of the show, which you can stay and witness if you like or you're not, uh, (laughs) whatever you like. But um, no, I wanted to ask have you, and this might be a controversial question, have you had pushback from the fashion world? For this, Have you had, you know, people stalking you on the streets, you know, with, with uh, uh, Louis Vuitton, you know, <laughs> looking at you and going like, this is the guy who's going to ruin the fashion industry because he's going to take away all my business or whatever. I just would wonder that this is a, dis- like they say, this is the buzzword, disruptive technology, right? It's disruptive. It kind mm-hmm. of changes the status quo. So have you experienced some of that?
2: Oh, yes, for sure. There are some companies that are moving away from animal protein. Yeah. Even if it's food waste, yeah, they, they, they don't want to use it because there's a growing trend of not using animal animal protein, animal products. Sure. So that would be the main reason that we have a uh, backfire from these companies. Right. But most of fashion companies or or our buyers, they're very supportive of the work that we do because they understand we're not using milk because we want more milk. Right. We're using milk because they're waste. We're also testing with other type of protein food waste, yeah. maybe soy, yeah. maybe oat milk. Yeah. So they're they're just where we go in. yeah yeah right over time you, you
0: you you through the process you you develop I mean you can get you can get the proteins out of anything yeah there's proteins this protein all over the place all right it's just the idea of, of let's let's make better use of the food waste that's that's great I mean that's I mean we're gonna be we're gonna keep eating as far as I can tell and that now this I don't know if science backs this up or not Jacob <laughs> but as far as I can tell people are gonna need to continue to eat to survive.
1: That is definitely one of the things that's true about the human existence, but I you you can't quote me on it. Yeah, okay? You can, can't cite me, me.
0: And if people are going to continue to eat, we're going to continue to waste food.
1: Yes. Yes. I
0: think that those are those are pretty safe assumptions. That it's again, be a problem. let's not make sh- let's, you know, let's not quote us on that. Yeah. So there's probably going to be some waste that could be turned into other things. So I feel like yeah. you're you're mm-hmm. you're doing good things to the environment. Yeah. You, you get mm-hmm. our stamp.
1: You've got it. Yeah. yeah. Biofriendly approval. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, I mean, we're in this, we're in the same boat because of, of, you know, our, the additive that we have green plus the point isn't to say, Hey, let's manufacture more cars. It's to deal with the fact that there's a lot of cars, but people you know, are,
0: people are driving them anyway. People so are going to drive your cars make them a little, a little cleaner.
1: And we've got yeah. a ways to go. We've got to do it. So I think that this transition technology is crucial to the next you know, 20, 30 years of how we begin to change the tide on planet Earth, on how we do things. We we know where we want to go. We know what we see. But we ha- we have to have a lot of ways to get there. And like we talked about early on, is that if we spend too much time focusing on the big name problems, then a lot of the other things are going to go unnoticed. Um, food waste. And, you know, we've talked about our oceans, you know, right. like, uh, the, the, the coral reefs and people don't understand how problematic some of the fishing industry is. There's just things that do, people don't, uh, le- focus their attention on and they get overlooked. And I, that's what I'm, you know, right. excited and, and about And many this. of
0: our new solutions are, are, are create, going to create problems yeah, for, for sure. the future. So it's yeah. like, like some of the things that are environmentally great now in comparison, are gonna end up being, being a, a problem later. Yeah. So it's like it's it's nice because what with, with this, it's you know it appears anyway. I mean, like we've got something that's that's taking an existing problem and, and, and helping with it. So yeah, it's great.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's great. Well, good work. Great, great job, Robert. <laughs> Is there anything else before we wrap up the show? Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us about MeTaro or something you're working on, or, or just a shout out as to to anything you've got going on? We're we're happy to promote it.
2: Yeah, and I think that there's, from what I read in a lot of news, that there is, people have perception that there's a decline in milk consumption. Yeah. Well, there, there is a decline in fluid milk, but in general, dairy production has increased by five folds because of cheese, yogurt, and butter consumption. Wow. And this, this number is going to increase drastically all, all around the world. In fact, it is projected by 2025 that dairy consumption is going to increase by 12 5%. Wow. And Asia Pacific is the fastest growing demanding market in the world for yogurt at a compound annual growth rate of 4.5%. Wow. So we, we see this problem will continue to grow even more critical than ever. Yeah. So that's why we think that our technology can truly make a difference in not just the dairy pr- um, product industry, but also other type of protein-based food, wa- food waste yeah. that we can use.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, I think what you guys are doing is fantastic. I'm excited. I can't wait to get a shirt. Um, I, I definitely want to rock that around the office and and thirty five
2: percent off right now. Thirty
1: five percent off in July. MeTarot.com, dot yeah. com is that right? MeTarot.com. dot com and
2: that, Yeah,
1: M-I-T-E-R-O. M-R-R-O.
2: r m r o two r. Yeah, there it is. Don't there. ask Jacob. Don't spell. ask me. I don't. It's you know, snow. I <laughs> I don't know snow. what day it is. It's what the is, smoke in the air. What
1: does MeTarot mean?
2: Yeah. It means my earth in Spanish and Portuguese. It's a combining of two. Oh, very cool. Very cool. That is great, man.
1: That is great. Nice. Well, Robert, we're, this is our our time in the show where we let the the guest, if you'd like, you can stick around us. We do our sign-off, or you're welcome to hang up and just let us ramble on here at the end. It's whatever you want to do. If you want to stick it's it 50/50 out. 50-50. 50-50. Uh,
0: what, what the guests do. Yeah so, yeah, so totally up to you.
2: I, I mean, it's I, I, I can check it out. <laughs> Okay, cool. All
1: right. All right. Are you ready? All right, well, yeah. So thank you for joining us on the Biofriendly Podcast. Your beacon of light in a gloomy environment. Not just charismatic megafauna. With greater sympathetic nerve activity.
0: It's (laughs) parasympathetic.
1: With parasympathetic with parasympathetic nerve activity. I'm going to start passing that one on to you because I can never get it. I think
0: it, it's, I, yeah, featuring yeah. greater parasympathetic nerve Featuring ner- greater par- parasympathetic This is how good we are activity. at our sign-off yeah. in case okay. you're wondering. We stink at it. It gets, it gets worse every time. I swear we go. Yeah. So, uh, okay.
1: so, uh, nature's perfect. Look at eggs. Okay. Uh, dolphins don't quit. Uh y'all inclusive. Yes. And was our new one work up to milk or something like that? Yeah. One day we'll work up to milk. One day we'll work One way up, we'll get to milk. One day we'll get, get to milk. There was something that we said. We'll, live, we'll listen back we'll have have to it listen out. back. Yeah, it, but but that's gone. our sign off. <laughs> 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 Such as it is. So thank you, Robert Luo from MeTarot Make sure you guys go check out MeTarot.com uh, go order yourself a shirt, see what those guys are up to. We will link all of the stuff that he's working on, uh, the site, and uh, any other materials that might be helpful. But we really appreciate you coming on the BioFriendly Podcast. It will see you guys next time. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you. It's the BioFriendly Podcast. It's the BioFriendly Podcast.